Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Right now we're good. We're going out there ready to hoop. Um, and I think the biggest thing, you know, that, that kind of sucked was that it took away from the guys on the team. It took away what the guys on the team were trying to do. And I I really wish that, you know, as going forward, you know, I think that'll be really the primary focus is just us gelling as a team because obviously you, Rudy and I had COVID and whatever happened, happened. But, you know, now we're ready to hoop and focus on the team as, as a whole, you know, because we're t- not really trying to keep taking attention away from what everybody's got going on. Obviously, we got Boyan now, so we have some guys that are really looking good and and ready to step up and uh, that's what we're really excited about that's donovan mitchell saying he and rudy are good in parentheses worry about something else jazz fans pk you and i have lived here long enough to know jazz fans are going to continue to worry about that they're going to want to see how they play together on the court and the best deodorant of all is winning baby but we can't get that till july 30 so that means we got to solid dose of three and a half weeks of worrying before we get to the games and try to figure all this out. Well, then you go ahead and worry all you want because I'm not going to. I think the only deodorant in professional sports is about winning and that's the ultimate goal. That's going to take care of everything. The question remains is how much are uh, Rudy Gobert and Mitchell going to be able to get along on the floor? I don't really care about off the floor stuff. I thought that was overrated, unsalvageable. I thought it was stupid. Here, is Gobert going to be able to have some effect in this offensively that he demands more opportunities. You know, it's up to him. What can he do when he gets the ball? How good is he offensively? And then I think if he's good enough, guys won't be as reluctant. Not saying that they are, but they won't be as reluctant, even if they're only reluctant to a degree, to get him the ball. So I think it's on Gobert to expand his offensive game. You know, there's always the uh, the run plays for you stuff, but also you have a chance to go get an offensive rebound and get a put back or get fouled and get to the free throw line yourself. Gobert averages about three and a half offensive rebounds a game. And there's nothing that says you can't go get another one or two and get yourself some points right there. Uh, to reset your memory, Gobert was averaging 15 points and almost 14 rebounds a game. So it's not like he wasn't a part of the offense, but there's always a bigger role. And how much of that do you, you know, do you make for yourself? And in Gobert's case, too, you know, how well do you shoot uh, at the free throw line? He's at 62 percent, which is higher than he has been. But in the NBA, you really want to be at 70 percent. So make a few more free throws. That'll up your scoring average, too. So some of that stuff is on you and doesn't have anything to do with the team. You know, it's uh, the offensive rebounds are on you. The the free throws are on you. And then yeah. the, the other stuff, well, uh, that's what you say. I don't know. I, mean, I think he can get 10 offensive rebounds, and if he's not involved in the offense, he's still going to complain. I don't think that the answer is more offensive rebounds for him. From his perspective, he's not looking at that. He's looking to be involved in the offense. Not He, he can get as many offensive rebounds as he wants, and if he's still being excluded in the offense, it's still going to be a problem for him. Ten offensive rebounds a game, man. They'd be writing songs about you at that number. That'd be awesome. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Sacramento Kings, both shut down the practice facilities yesterday, joining the Nuggets, the Heat, the Clippers, and the Nets. 
And PK, uh, I know there are people out there who will say, oh, should the NBA restart and should they go to Florida? But it's always versus what's going on in your home market. And obviously, for a lot of these guys, it would be a problem staying in their home market. That's why they're closing down all these practice facilities. True. Lionel Hollins, Laker assistant coach, will not travel to Orlando. He's going to remain in California due to underlying medical conditions. He'll work with the team remotely. Uh, the Jazz get on the plane and head to Orlando tomorrow, their scheduled departure date. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Dan Snyder was defiant. Uh, he said he, was, he would never change it well. He wasn't threatened by sponsors for them to pull out. So the, when Fred Smith, the chairman of FedEx, who, by the way, his, his company uh, has, his, has a sponsorship for the stadium, um, when, they, when they threaten to pull out, um, you, you know, you're going to have to do something. That's Adam Kaplan from SiriusXM talking about the Washington Redskins, Daniel Snyder's position, he would never change the nickname. But now, not only are business partners upset, as you just heard there, Frederick Smith with uh, FedEx, he's a minority owner. Three minority owners uh, who own 40% of the team have hired an investment firm to explore their options, to sell their not happy being a partner with Daniel Snyder. I don't know how having that out there helps you find other minority partners. I guess it's just the NFL and people want to, they want in on some level. So it's like, well, you're not happy, but I'll probably be happy. I bet you won't be, but what the heck. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. I don't care about that. It's it's the same thing with the NBA in China. You know, Adam Silver last week was quoted as saying, you know, they want to have mutual respect. Well, what are you respecting about it? What do you think that you're respecting about it? Is there giving you millions and billions of dollars and so here if it means millions and billions of dollars they'll change the name speaking of millions of dollars there are the preseason games owners are already talking about taking four down to two but the nfl players association a source there said friday the union's board of player reps had voted to recommend scrapping all the preseason games Unclear whether the NFL will do that or not. I guess we'll have to wait to see that play out. Will you miss preseason football, PK? I think they can pick rosters off of uh, scrimmages. Oh, I don't care what they do. They can do whatever they want. DJ and PK. Utah State suspending a football player for inappropriate racial comments. Uh, some of you may have seen them out there on social media last night. John Hartwell, Gary Anderson releasing a statement. We've been made aware of inappropriate racial comments made by a current student-athlete on our football team. This will not be tolerated. We've suspended the individual immediately. Pending an investigation, we'll take appropriate action. Who's the player? I think it's an offensive lineman from, uh, from Harriman, Ty Smith. Ty Shaw. Ty Shaw, sorry. Ty Shaw, sorry. A humble and remorseful Mike Gundy has agreed to take a $1 million pay cut and amend his contract after a two-week review of the football program. AD Mike Holder announced Friday in addition to the pay cut. Holder said Gundy's contact contract was shortened from five years to four years. His buyout was cut from $5 million to $4 million. His guarantee dropped from 75% to 50%. So, will a humble and remorseful Mike Gundy be any different? I'm a man, I'm 40, is more than a decade in the rearview mirror, PK. It's kind of... What you see is what you get at this point, isn't it? I, I really don't know because I don't know what's involved. You know, what what does he need to change specifically? 
Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley said Friday he's hopeful for a fall season. He says spring football is very doable. I think the people say it's not an option, in my opinion. Just don't want to think about it. I just think it would be wrong for any of us to take any potential option off the table right now. Elsewhere in the Big 12, Kansas has suspended voluntary workouts for football on Friday after an increase of positive coronavirus tests within the program. 12 football players, 16 players are student-athletes uh, out of 162, so about 10% positive. A little closer to home, PK, you've been, I know you've been in communication with people about other stories. Have they given you any hint how they're feeling about the season here? Uh, no, not, nothing relative to any f- sorts of change, any more so than the plan is to proceed, but recognizing that it very well could not have time. It could not happen at all. It could happen in the spring. I mean, it's a very fluid situation. So everyone is just seeing, going to see what happens. There's no definitive hardcore black and white answers right now. We are now inside of two months to the season opener. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. You know, I've been thinking about it and actually thinking about it before we put out that statement. I know in the past when I've been asked about whether it's our name or or the Chief Wahoo, I think I would usually answer and say, I know that we're never trying to be disrespectful. And I still feel that way, but I don't think that's a good enough answer today. I think it's time to move forward that's Terry Francona right there talking about uh, Cleveland Indians changing their name. A statement went out uh, a couple days before Francona's comments from the club saying they're committed to engaging our community and appropriate stakeholders to determine the best path forward with regard to our team name. So it sounds like that's changing, PK. Nom- right. Nominations will be accepted. Send them on in. The baseball video of the weekend... Uh, Masahiro Tanaka taking a line drive off the head of the bat of Giancarlo Stanton on Friday as they were taking BP at Yankee Stadium. And PK, the immediate question, what about a screen? I think you've pitched BP, not to major leaguers, but you've pitched BP. Uh, That screen's pretty helpful. The ball can come back at you pretty quick, and he didn't have one. Yeah, I've always thought that at some point somebody's going to die or receive major, major, major damage on a line drive back to the bat uh, to the pitcher yeah i mean obviously you wouldn't have a screen during the game but you know you look at uh, softball for at least collegiate women they wear face masks and uh, things along those lines so this doesn't surprise me at all it actually it surprises me that there's not more i mean these guys as stanton he's a freaking mountain man yeah, you know what i mean he is. i mean he's he massive. Is huge yeah he's a massive and guy. so you can only imagine i, I was down in arizona uh, covering a uh, must have been uh, it, I think it was a Utah ASU game and uh, they played on a Thursday and we went to the ball game or maybe they played uh, Saturday and we went Friday anyway uh, Stanton was there for uh, Miami at the time and he had a home run that I swear was like a second and a half that it literally got out of the stadium it was a line drive and just boom I mean it couldn't have been hit harder so you can only imagine uh, what would be that close? You know, you're less than 60 feet, six inches at that point, because the pitcher's gone through his windup and his motion, so he's even closer to the plate. And plus, the batter is hitting the ball out in front of the plate a little bit most of the times. So yeah, that is scary. 
So why not, aside from tradition, aside from, you know, macho toughness, why not a helmet and a face mask? Because your point, if you're just playing the odds at some point, I don't know if that point's a year out or 10 years out or 20 years out or, you know, pick a number, but at some point... And when you see the ball come off the bat like that, and, and players are getting bigger, they're getting stronger, they're, they're hitting more home runs. Someone's just going to hit one on the button right back at the guy, so why not make the change now? Why wait until after some hideous tragedy? I don't know. I've been advocating that for years. DJ and PK. I hope he respects, you know, my privacy as much as we're out here performing. I think it's necessary that uh, we have our times of privacy as well when things aren't going our, our way. I mean, we're in the spotlight, and uh, if somebody else is in the spotlight, they, they wouldn't want that either. You know, it's just something about respect. I think that's, that's necessary on that end. So for me, I feel like it's one of those things that, you know, we had a conversation, and it was all good after that. That's Bryson DeChambeau talking about an issue with a uh, cameraman uh, earlier in the tournament. He ended up winning the Rocket Morgic. Mortgage Classic. Eight birdies on Sunday. He wins by three shots. But uh, you have an issue uh, getting out of a trap and you're furious. It doesn't matter if you're throwing a club or you're saying something or both. And he was upset that PK, it's out there in front of the world. How are you not going to see that? Well, yeah, if I'm Bill Buckner, man, I am so pissed. They showed that ground ball go through my legs. Uh, Fill in the blank. Uh, Marcus Williams, he made that bad play a couple years back in the playoffs. I don't even remember who they were playing for the Saints, and the kid scored a touchdown uh, in an improbable situation. How dare you show that stuff? Uh, at free throw line, guys missing, and you sure you miss a dunk or what have you? I mean, come on, where does this end? Sixth career victory for DeChambeau. Does it bug you how far he is hitting the ball? I mean, a 300-yard drive? He must have hit a three-way He averaged then. 350. Yeah, it's 350, yeah. And, and he hit an 8-iron, 200 yards. 208. Does it bug me? Overpowering courses. Uh, you know, I, when you're on the green, there's no such thing as overpowering. So, yeah, it, to get there, I suppose. But you still, the, that's the thing about golf. If you're going to win a tournament or win a major and be one of the better players, you have to have a complete game the game of golf. I mean, you can get by in other sports where you don't have, we just talk about Rudy Gobert and his offense, he may be lacking or 62% is free throws, but yet he's an all-star. You know, in golf, you're not going to be an all-star if unless you can be effective on all aspects. When you're sitting 80 yards out, I mean, there's no such thing as overpowering the golf ball. Uh, so what, what do you do from that point? Now, to get to there, sure, it's easier. But, you know, you wonder how long it can last because, I mean, he takes a swing that really rivals, like, those long ball competitions, long drive competitions. It doesn't seem like it's a natural swing that you would use in the course of a tournament. You know, you look at some guys along the way. You know, I just thought Fred Couples and Ernie Els, their swings were so smooth. Well, you look at DeChambeau, his swing isn't smooth. <laughs> it's just as violent as can be. And so how long can that last? The back will have to give out at some point. Yeah, it doesn't look like, man, that the body is made for that type of violence because you're right in using the word overpower. Just has Tiger Woods. I mean, it looks like it's a collision every time he takes a swing. And you look at some of these guys along the way. I just picked two guys that came to my mind. Uh, 
Really, when you look at Dustin Johnson, it doesn't even look like he's... Dustin Johnson is known as being super long. doesn't look like he swings as violently as DeChambeau does. Man, it is really... He looks like a wrestler in the ring or something. Well, he gets the victory, his sixth career tour win, and wins pretty easily. Uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour, former BYU golfer Patrick Fishburn tied for 35th at 500. Daniel summarized Mike Weir missed the cut at that event in Colorado. All right, DJ and PK, still to come on the show this morning. That is what is trending, and what is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690, that's Shamrock Plumbing. Still to come, Jason Whitlock, columnist for OutKick.com, is going to join us at 8 o'clock. Steve Cleveland, DJ and PK's basketball insider at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Coming up next, Rudy Gobert says he plans on winning a championship at the Jazz. How fired up does that make you hearing that? We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. I'm calling as many people as I can to see what I can learn about how to do a remote broadcast. Well, you know, obviously I can talk about all the areas where I won't be able to do things as well. And I'm very concerned about a lot of them, but that's pretty unproductive. So I've been trying to find out what we can do well and what we can do better. Just don't shoot them with a t-shirt cannon. Jazz by nine, 157. Left in the cell. Oh my God. They shoot t-shirts out of the gun here in the building and I got hit by one. Hey, that's the only positive is I don't have to worry about that this year. <laughs> the Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Well, PK, you can't prove you can't you can't make all the people happy all the time. You just can't do it. No matter what you do. Rudy Gobert says he plans on winning a championship with the Jazz. How fired up does that make you? The comment section shows it makes some Jazz fans extremely happy and others it's total bah humbug time. I mean, we couldn't be farther away. We're six months away from Christmas. But bah, humbug. They're not into it. Richard says, just don't do it this year. It'll be a triple asterisk. Michael dismisses it with a, what's he supposed to say? I never understood what is he supposed to say. You don't have to say anything along those lines. That, that, does, that has never made sense to me. What is he supposed to say? There are other uh, possible answers out there. He could say, hey, we got to improve. We got to get better. We got to go one round further than we did last year. We always need to be improving. You can say stuff like that. People do say stuff like that. Well, he didn't even have to answer it. Uh, and I, I don't think uh, this year is going to have a triple asterisk relative to the competition. It's going to have an asterisk unlike any other asterisk relative to the format of the competition but the competition now assuming uh that things go off as planned as close as possible you know if there's 10 guys sitting out because they have the virus or whatnot that's another story but the competition is going to be intense and and it's going to, if it can if it can be pulled off that's that's the asterisk right now if it could be pulled off but when it gets there 
man, these guys are going to ball out. And so, as uh, couple said last week, it may be the most challenging. So, I don't think they're going to win it this year anyway, so we don't need to compare uh, that or worry about that at this point. But for me, Gobert, you know, I think you've got to say it. you got to believe it. you got to want it. And for years, you know, it was like, oh, they won't ever want to be here. They won't stay here, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's given no indication that he wants to go anyplace else. Now, that could change. Everything could change. Everything is available for change next week, next year, whatever time frame you want to use metaphorically. But as of right now, he's all in, and that's a good sign. Well, that's what Todd says. Todd says, I love it. Whether it happens or not, it suggests he wants to stay in Utah until this happens. And I'll take it. And he gives Rudy a thumbs up. Exactly. We're already talking about Mitchell wanting to leave. So now here's a guy who has given every indication that he wants to be here. And we're not going to be happy about it. We're only going to be worrying about some other player who's 23 years old and years away from being able to leave. We're going to worry about that. But just blow off somebody who says he wants to be here. That doesn't seem like it's balanced to me. Uh, Shane says, poop in one hand and wish in the other. Man, there's a lot of negativity and sarcasm out there. Rick says, do it. Quit talking about it. (laughs) If only it were that easy. (laughs) Do it. I'm glad he's talking about it. I'm glad he's mentioning it. I'm glad that's the goal. Because that should be, whether it's stated or unstated, the goal of everyone. Every professional organization should be, the goal is to win. You know, the collegiately, there's some programs that just have so many more advantages, and that'll never be even. It, it's going to be very, very difficult for that to be even. But at the pro level, you like to think that everybody's got a shot, and it's what you do with that opportunity when you get a good draft pick not a good draft player but a good draft pick that you cash in on that draft pick they cash in on mitchell was he 12 i think 13 somewhere in there gobert 27 because he wears it now those were trades but they had the teams draft them and then bring them over so they cash in on that Cantor at three exum at five they don't cash in on those interestingly enough crazy when you think about it that they get picks Later, get cash in. You could argue that they didn't cash in on Darren Williams, even though he's a very good player while he was here, compared to Chris Paul, because it seemed like if we go back, memory serves, it was, well, do you want Chris Paul, you want Darren Williams, well, you went with the bigger player. Well, Chris Paul's had the better career. I think we would all agree with that. So they didn't, they, they cashed in to a degree. I don't have any problem with the Williams pick. But, you know, you can nitpick every single draft. You should have drafted this guy. You should have drafted that guy. You know, the Rockets, they should have drafted uh, Jordan when you think about it. They get a pass for passing on Jordan because they got Olajuwon. And they won a couple of titles with Olajuwon. And he's obviously was an elite player. So what do you do with those picks? And who do you actually get? And what is your talent? And so that's the point. Is it's on the table for everybody to succeed. How good are you? That's where Krause's deal, Jerry Krause, the old uh, GM for the Bulls, organizations win titles. I think they do, but they just don't do it mutually exclusive of the talent. It goes together hand in hand. 
I think we've seen that with LeBron. I think LeBron is a great test case for backing up that everything Jerry Krause said, which we saw multiple times while watching the Last Dance documentary, that Jordan was just just once-in-a-lifetime guy, right? Just this unbelievable talent. And he had a good organization around him, identifying Pippen and developing him and identifying Horace Grant and acquiring uh, Rodman and acquiring a whole slew of role players, you know, from Paxson to Kerr to Cartwright to, you know, whoever else you want to get. Opening up, was the game opened up internationally and they found Luke Longley at the right time. And then you look at LeBron and his first time in Cleveland, he, again, is just this unbelievable talent that comes along so rarely, but did he have the organization around him? It didn't look like it. They, he was playing on teams with no other all-stars, maybe a couple of nice role players, but even, even some of the role guys looked below average and it never seemed to get better. And he dragged him to one finals with his brilliance, but you look at all the guys around him and it just didn't measure up to the players that other elite guys had around them. You look at the roster, you brought up Olajuwon. You look at the roster around Olajuwon. No, that wasn't that 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 was way better than what was around LeBron. And certainly what the Bulls or the Lakers or the Celtics had uh, for those guys. And LeBron wants to be on that level with Jordan and with uh, Magic and with Bird and be in that conversation with Duncan. But come on, who had better players around him? Duncan or LeBron? LeBron didn't have the organization, so I think you're right. It's got to go hand in hand. You got to recognize that you have to have this just this unbelievable once in a generation talent, a guy who dominates a decade. But then you got to have an organization putting the right guys around him too. And and LeBron, that's when LeBron went and tried to kind of. We've seen him at different times and different success. Uh, Pat Riley probably <laughs> gave him gave him less power. Boy, that second time in Cleveland, LeBron had all the power. He was the GM. You know, change the coach, no problem, I'll do it. Change players, no problem, I'll do it. Yeah, as long as you can back it up, and he did back it up in Cleveland, because he is a phenomenal talent. No one would argue that. He's one of the best of all time, and maybe for some folks, depending on how old you are, he is the best. And I do think that, you know, at the pro sports, it's not completely even. I always hear this word fairness. When I hear people say it's not fair, that really just drives me nuts. You know, is, is childhood cancer fair? And there's no such thing as fairness. It's a nice word in theory and in concept, concept but fairness, it, it's not there in its purest form. You can pick and choose what's fair, what's not fair. But once you bring in the word fair, to me, that opens up everything. Everything's got to be fair. So it's not. And how does it relate to basketball? What I'm saying is, well, obviously the Lakers are going to have a leg up on fairness. There's just no doubt about it, man. Look at the number of players. Look at their jersey retires. There's literally all-time players. In my mind, my top five of all time is going to include Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson. So they're going to have 40% of the top five. That's not fair. Well, yeah, it's not. And it sucks if you're trying to compete against that. But nevertheless, that's what happens. You've got to find a way to do it because it's not every single year. You've got to take advantage of your time. Now, the Mavericks, they've sucked of late, right? But they got a title. They got one. They got one. And, you know, you're probably, if you're in Dallas, is a pretty 
decent sized community. Uh, and the weather's not bad, and you get all excited about the state taxes. I don't care about that because they're making so much money that it really doesn't matter. That's what we're seeing with these baseball players who aren't going to participate. The untold story in that is Ian Desmond signed a $70 million contract. So he wants to sit out for whatever reason. Well, he can. He's Ian Desmond, he signed a $70 million contract. He's just not that good. He's a nice player, but he's $70 million. Get out of town. But yet he can sit out, and there's really no ramification financially. The rest of us, I mean, we sit out a week. It's like, where's my paycheck, man? We can't afford that. So here for the basketball, yeah, it's going to be slanted over there. It's the reason why they've been to so many finals. and They basically have to screw it up not to be good. Dennis Lindsay has to make sure he's hitting home runs on just about everything that he does to be good. So it's harder here. It's not fair. I get it. To to mix the metaphors that we're already already mixing, he's got to hit a home run on a pitch out of the strike zone. Okay. And they can't do that on intentional pitches anymore because they just let you go down to first base. Dang it. But (laughs) But that's what the Blazers and the Jazz and the Nuggets are up against. And, and in the East, that's what the uh, the Pacers and the Bucks and you can argue the Raptors. That's what they're up against. But the Raptors hit home runs on pitches out of the strike zone. All right, we'll take Kawhi Leonard for one year and we'll roll the dice and we'll get major injuries to the Warriors in the finals. They got it. Good for them. Right. That's that's two pitches out of the strike zone. You yeah. get you get one of the elite players in the NBA. I mean, no matter who you are, he's. You either rank him one, two, or three. I don't think anybody would rank him worse than the third best player in the NBA right now. You know, people say Antetokounmpo and LeBron James in whatever order, right? But nobody would rank him lower than third. No. I can argue that one title in Dallas, one title in Phoenix, one title in Portland, so forth and so on, Oklahoma City, is equals five for the Lakers. Because it's so hard to get. Yeah, it's harder to get. So if the if the Jazz, the Utah Jazz franchise, ever gets one, it's going to be more special than five for the Lakers or the Celtics. I mean, it's, it's the Celtics. Which one do you choose? Or the if you're a Yankee fan, which one do you choose? What do they got? Like twenty seven? Which one do you choose? <laughs> come, come on. It's like I had every dessert possible on the table. They're all great. But which one do I choose? Where have you got one, Utah? Holy cow, would that be so awesome. I mean, it would just be something that would just be unbelievable. And to say you're never going to do it, I don't buy it. Because you almost did it. You almost did it multiple times. People point to the two finals. Well, I, I can point to 1988, too. In my mind, you almost did it. I can say if you win that series against the Lakers, you're going to win it all. You know, Phoenix has the one, let's say, where Nash got hip-checked and they suspended uh, Stoudemire and Dial. The Suns have been to the finals twice. But really, that one, because then you talk about LeBron in the finals with the Cavs the first go-around. I think, if I remember correctly, the Spurs swept them, right? It stands to reason. Phoenix may not have swept them, but they would have won four games before Cleveland won four games. So there are other opportunities. And why can't you do it again? I believe you can. Well, Rudy's talking about it. At least it's the goal. It needs to just because you set it as a goal doesn't mean you'll reach it. 
But uh, no. my experience is you rarely get to really high levels unless you set it as a goal. I think that's a very rare story. Yeah, it wasn't even on my radar, but I achieved this, whatever this is. Usually it's on your radar. Uh, yeah, I think that you hear individuals say that they got to the professional ranks, and when they were 14 years old, they weren't really thinking about that, and they just kept getting better and better, and they got there. Now, a lot of them, that's not the case. I mean, we, they, they, we, we had Pace Mannion on years ago, and he told us he wanted to be an NBA player, and he told somebody, I don't remember who it was, in the sixth grade, he was going to play in the NBA. And sure enough, man, that sucker, he got it. <laughs> what a story. That's a great story. He got it. He played like six, five, six years in the NBA. He wasn't a star, but so what? He, he played five, six years in the NBA. So he had that individual, and so you hear that sometimes. But I think for as Gobert saying it, yeah, I think that's the whole idea. And even if you don't ever get there. I was listening to uh, Kirk Gibson give an interview, one of these things here during the pandemic, flicking around, and they were talking about that uh, 1988 season. We know the home run he hit off er uh, Eckersley and all that stuff. He was talking about, uh, remember the home run he hit off against Gossage was Detroit against the Padres, right? Was that 84? He was talking about how uh, in similar situations, those are legendary, iconic home runs. And he was talking about how as he's thinking about coming to the plate, he says, I got this plan and I'm going to stick to the plan. And he's talking about specifically against Gossage. And he said, now, I had this plan each time I went up against Gossage and I had failed like 30 times before. But I still had a solid plan, and I knew it was the right thing to do. Even though I overwhelmingly failed, you know, in baseball, obviously, 3 out of 10, you know, you're a star. So you're going to fail, theoretically, 7 out of 10. It's not exactly that way, but just go with it. And he was talking about how he had this plan. And so he executed that plan, the pitch that he got, and he hit the home run, blah, blah, blah. And he said, that's what it is about success, is if you've got to think it out and make sure you know what you're doing, and then go ahead and execute. It's the same thing here with the Jazz. They've got to have a plan. You can't have haphazard. That's why I go crazy on all these teams who fire coaches. You look back uh, X amount of pulling whatever player. He's played for five coaches in six years. Well, my guess is he hasn't had success as a team in those five, six years because they're changing stuff all the time. Have a plan. Stick with it. Whether you get there or not, I'm not even sure it really matters. Well, I mean, I take that back. It does matter. But you've got to have the plan. If you don't get there, doesn't mean the plan sucked. But you've got to have the right plan. I think this franchise has the right plan. Whether they can do it or not, yeah, it's a long shot. But at least they're, they're going in the right direction, doing the things that they need to do to get to the plan. And I think that's what Gobert's talking about. So now how do you get one of the top three players in the game? Because we all know Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are really good, right? And they, you're, they're in the Western Conference. They end up in the All-Star game. And the West is stacked. So just to be one of the guys who makes it to the Western Conference All-Star Game is something. Rudy's the Defensive Player of the Year, and Donovan, I think, is 14th in scoring. But you got to be even better than that. I mean, the West is, uh, I don't want to yeah, say the West is littered with guys like that, but there's a lot of guys like that on the elite Western teams. I think you kidnap them. <laughs> what? Right. A life of crime. I think you kidding. Crime is the path to the NBA title. <laughs> Why didn't we all see that earlier, PK? 
<laughs> it's simple. You, you kidnap them, you bring them here on a beautiful summer evening, <laughs> and and away you go. <laughs> and then one year they played the uh, summer league at the Huntsman Center because they were redoing the arena. Mm-hmm. Remember? Uh, and I, I used the Porter John across the street. Guy came running out. You can't use that. <laughs> I just what did. What you want me to do, dude? I already used it. You want me to go back and get it? <laughs> already, you know. <laughs> yeah. We had to hold it until after the show. Some guy yelled at me. I entered a door that I saw some of our other guys, including one of our managers, enter. The guy comes up the stairs, starts screaming at me. I told you before. I said, I've never seen you in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Right? All that craziness. So they played the uh, Summer League. Well, I saw Joe Johnson in the parking lot uh, east of the Summer League. And they they couldn't announce it yet because it wasn't official and blah, blah, blah. But I saw him there, and he was talking to some people. I'm thinking, man, Joe Johnson's got to think this is pretty sweet. And in the summer, it's just so gorgeous up here in the summer evenings. So... And I, I, I joke about kidnap, obviously, but find a way to get guys here. You're get on, them here. See what it's about. You're on to something with the summer because I had been here doing UC Santa Barbara basketball games at Utah State. And for whatever reason, every year we hit inversion. I never saw blue sky, snow on the ground, crisp, beautiful winter day. I know now that they exist, but all I ever hit was gray skies, Fog, smog, it was such a downer. And I never, and I wasn't dressed for the cold. I'm coming from California. I don't have the wardrobe. I'm in my 20s. I'm freezing. And the team usually came up here and got beat. I mean, there's just nothing about the trip that said, this is awesome. <laughs> and then I come for the job, and it was 4th of July weekend. I think I left on Friday the 2nd or the 3rd or something like that. And a photographer is leaving the old Channel 2 out in West Valley, and we went up banging her to the airport. He's, he's taking me to the airport to drop me off. And he's talking about something, and we pull up on the overpass to go over the freeway, and we hit a red light there. And he's talking, and all of a sudden, I look to my right, and I'm like, wow. He's like, what? I said, until this moment, I never understood the line, Purple Mountain's Majesty. It was sundown, the mountains were purple, and I'm like, this isn't what I remember. <laughs> this isn't what I remember Did you go at Brigham all. Young? Did you go Brigham Young? This is the place? I should have. I should have. That would have been epic. He was trending that but direction. But I, I was too. Like. I was too. I was too out of it. I was too blown away. I did not have my wits about me. That would have been you. the line. Yeah, God was working you. I can see it now. You're meant to be here. <sighs> there it is. And thank God you are here. I might add. <laughs> well, since <laughs> since he and or she was working me, and then I am here. I see what I see your logic there, PK. How so you're you going your heaven your heavenly parents no less is that was that what you added the he or she look at you bringing religion and you're just dotting sit, this segment with religion sit down yak sit down yak <laughs> sit down yak's up fist I'm just pumping gonna, I'm just gonna can I get an out. amen I'll you're clearly bringing your faith into this if and they, it's beautiful if, why shouldn't you man you're a representative you're a witness. If they're going to make a, a sequel to Sister Act right now, it's Yach auditioning for Brother Act. Look at him yes. going there. Let me tell you, I finally come to the conclusion, and I'm willing to say, DJ, yes, I would like to know more. Yach's on his way. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What were you watching last night? Well, what everybody else was watching last night. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. 
With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 975-1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my DJ PK brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Well, PK, ESPN, back in the day. They don't really plug it anymore, but back in the day, they used to plug it as the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. And of course... Been a little light on the sports here since mid-March, so they went to the entertainment and put the Eagles on, and Twitter lit up last night. I thought about texting you, I thought, there's no way he doesn't know this. Of course you knew it was on. I did, I watched the whole thing. Absolutely. It was awesome, and I I cranked it up. I got this one TV, I don't use it much, but it's got a couple of speakers that are a little bit bigger and um, amplify the sound more than regular uh, sound that comes over for the television. And I had that thing cranked. I watched all three hours, and it was just absolutely awesome. It is the new version of the Eagles, which includes Glenn Fry's son and Vince Gill. You know, Vince Gill, you're not much in the country, but Vince Gill is a big-time superstar in his own right. And it would be like uh, replacing uh, Montana with Young replacing Favre with Rodgers, replacing uh, DiMaggio with Mickey Mantle. And when you stick in Vince Gill, he's got over 20-some individual Grammys. And so I watched the whole thing. And it's at the form. And the form will always be someplace that's special to me. It was in the locker room when the Bulls won their first title. It was at the Fabulous Form. And I've seen so many concerts at the Fabulous Form that I can't even remember going back to the 70s. I've seen, I mean, I literally couldn't tell you all the concerts I've seen at the Forum, and the Forum is now used for that. It's still standing there uh, in in Englewood. It's just still available, and to, and to have that, it, it was fun. They sounded awesome, and they're all getting older now, except for uh, Glenn Fry's son, obviously. He's in his 20s, but uh, they're going to go out on a world tour next year. And I put out there that... They are the greatest American band of all time. And you freaking idiots who come at me and say they're overrated. You are stupid. We've been down this road. It's like the Beatles are the best band of all time. They're overrated. No, they're not overrated. Do you realize the Beatles have sold over 600 million albums worldwide? And when when I say the Eagles are the greatest U.S. band, statistics back it up. Who's the greatest scorer in NBA history, Sniggy? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's not overrated. His <laughs> record stands for it. It speaks for itself. Now, just to be clear, when you say group, you're ruling out Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Because it's really Bruce. It's a solo act with the band, with the band right? He doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. Diana Ross and the Supremes doesn't count. Plus, she split up early. Didn't have the whole career. And I, I don't think group. Springsteen has sold more with the E Street. I don't think he's sold more than the so, Eagles. The Eagles have sold re- over 120 million albums in the U.S. Really, it comes down to the Beach Boys, doesn't it? Uh, and record sales, I'd have to look it up. But they're not over the Eagles. Because uh, The Eagles, the greatest hits deal, is the greatest 
selling individual album in this country. So stop saying the ra- you can say you don't like them. You can even be stupider and say you don't like them. Uh, I'll allow you that. You can sound dumber and more ignorant. That's fine. If you don't like them, you have no taste, but you I'll, I'll allow you to say that. But statistically, they are number 1. It is a fact. Absolutely. I mean, my goodness, you don't realize how stupid you sound. Same thing with the Beatles. You don't think the Beatles, like in 1963, 64, I forget which year, at one point in the Billboard Top 40, they held the top five places. No one's ever come close to that. The top five were all their tunes. 600 million albums. And this is as of 2019. They're still selling them. Half the guys are dead. They're still selling them. Well, it's true with them, right? Two of the four are gone now. Been been gone for a while. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I watched it. And it was absolutely awesome. All right, DJ PK, when we come back, we're going to talk with Jason Whitlock and get his opinion on the NBA restart, the racial issues that are a major issue across the country and a major issue for sports leagues. He's a columnist for Outkick.com now. He's worked for several outlets over time. You may remember him at Fox or at ESPN. Jason Whitlock's coming up next. Steve Cleveland's going to be here at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.